With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. And your mics are hot. Welcome back to our latest episode of On the Line. It's Tuesday, January 30th. I'm Corey Mull here with Olivia Ekbenay. And as you can see, we're in a new space. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is awesome. This is beautiful. Yeah. It's an upgrade, definitely, from our little office little space. Little office space, yeah, yeah. downstairs. And yeah. here we are taking up half of a room, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. In, in our here. comfy chairs. In our comfy chairs, mics, laptops, we're ready to go. Loving it, loving it. Uh, we are happy to be here. We're happy to talk track and field. Uh, we're going to do a lot of that today on today's show. We're going to dive into the fast times at Boston University. Uh, we had some openers for athletes across the U.S., and, mm-hmm. and we'll have more on meets heading our way this weekend. But first, we are going to start with a conversation with one of the weekend's top performers. That's none other than Emma Zawatsky of Freehill Township, a I think this is right. Five-time meet of champions winner across cross-country, indoor, and outdoor track and field. She holds indoor PRs of 213 for 800 indoors, 445 for the mile, and 936 for 3K. Plus, she signed to Colorado, so she's got that future in front of her, too. So let's welcome Emma Zawatsky, who's with us right now. Yes, woo! <laughs> it is it is so great to have you. You're coming off an incredible weekend in Boston. You know, New Jersey athletes have a very familiar home. I believe it's called the Bubble. Is that right? Yeah, the Bubble. <laughs> so, when you have a chance and opportunity to get outside of New Jersey and race in places like Boston, um, and and taking that atmosphere, what's it like to you know taking the crowd, taking the atmosphere, taking that environment? It's awesome. The bubble is, it's very sacred to New Jersey runners, but I wouldn't say it's the highest quality of indoor tracks. So it's really fun to go to new meets and new facilities and a bunch of different cities and just like see what it's like outside of the bubble. Um, And there's really good like competition when you go to all these meets. So that makes it even more fun because you're seeing different people than you're seeing around New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I think what is really amazing, Corey broke this down over the weekend in the scoop. You finished ninth in your heat and 34th in a field of 207. And when you think about that field, it was mostly collegiate, but also professional runners were in that mix as well. I know you just said you like completely turned your brain off, but what was kind of that race strategy just going into this race? Did it change at all? Just knowing that the level of competition would be elevated for you? 
Yeah, um, we were definitely not focused on place at all. So that definitely changed the strategy because we didn't have to worry about doing any sort of like sit and kick or anything like that. Um, we were kind of thinking about my race there last year and I basically just hung on to the pack as long as I could. And I think I was in last place even for a while in my heat last year, but I mean, it turned out totally fine because they pulled me along to a really fast time. So that was kind of the idea going into this one. Just hang on to the pack. Don't get detached from them and don't worry about my pay or my place at all. I was literally just the whole time saying, stay attached to the person in front of me. Stay attached. I love that. And I feel like after putting such a big performance, like you did just knowing in the back of your head, Hey, like I can hang with the big girls. Like, I feel like your confidence may have rose from that, just that race. So what did you learn about yourself and what are some of those key takeaways that you want to bring with you as you move further into the season? Yeah, I've always wanted to be like one of the top runners in the country. Mm-hmm. And I I know I've been like scratching the surface of that, but I've never actually gotten that. So to just get that US number one, I know it's it, like it, it could be broken today. So I, I know that's not a permanent thing, but it does feel nice to know that like all my years of hard work, like I'm finally where I want to be. And Um, I just want to keep working from here, knowing that like now it is possible. And it's a little bit of imposter syndrome because it doesn't feel like I should be at the top. Mm. Um, So I kind of have to work with that and just, you know, prove to myself that I deserve to be where I am and just keep working hard to stay at the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And uh, it's, you know, small rewards along the way help you kind of see the future in front of you. So I'm glad you were able to get that and to to perform like that uh, because it is January and you have a whole year in front of you. Um, You know, you might race till June, July, August. Um, Have you looked at maybe the year ahead uh, last year, best year? What is your ultimate goal, I guess, this year? You know, I'm not exactly sure because I am I'm someone who's a dreamer and I have really big goals and sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. Um, I definitely want to win a couple more Mia Champion titles. I'm actually at four Mia Champion titles. And um, we had an Olympian come through here many, many years ago, um, come through Friel Township, and she got five Mia Champion titles. So I want to get more than her. That way I could say I got more than an Olympian. (laughs) And um, I definitely want to, you know, be in those final heats at nationals and compete with the best, you know, Brooks PR. Um, that's definitely a big goal of mine, making it there. So just really compete with the best and see what I could do against top competition before going into college. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I want to switch it up a little bit. I don't know if you, you look at our Instagram very often, the miles, but Instagram, but recently we had a ranking of the top indoor States in the country historically when it comes to track and field. Do you know who we put number one? Oh yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about that? Do you do you obviously I think you will probably agree, but what are your feelings on that? I'm very proud of New Jersey because I feel like in track we don't get much recognition. You know, I feel like a lot of the recognition goes to, you know, California or Texas. And so it was nice for New Jersey to get a little bit of the attention there. And I mean, I definitely think we deserve that top spot when you look at the people that have come through this state. 
it's really like crazy, the list of names. And one of the names that you listed was Robbie Andrews. And he was actually, well, his dad was my coach growing up. And so I have a really close relationship with Robbie and, you know, he lives in Boulder. So I'll be seeing him a lot next year, but it was, it was really cool hearing his name. You know, what's funny. You kind of touched on my next question because I was like, most people, like you said, think of Texas, California, I'm even going to throw North Carolina in the mix, but New Jersey, we Mm kind of like broke it down and we saw there's some talented individuals that come from New Jersey. Of course, I think of Olivia Baker and of course, Sydney McLaughlin Laverne. And it's just incredible. The thing Mo too, (laughs) right? Exactly. So what separates from New Jersey? What is in y'all's water? What's in the food? Like what separates your state from all the other states that are out there? You know, I think it's really just having that really strong history um, cause when you have people like a thing, Mo and, uh, you know, Cindy McLaughlin, it's really like you have something to look forward to and you have motivation to try and beat them. And it's really cool being able to see the rankings on miles, Split and everything of, you know, past records and stuff and being able to be like, oh my God, I'm only, you know, 0.4 of a second away from Josette Norris and, stuff like that. And you know, these names. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really just seeing the history and then seeing the potential that you could be. I love that. Okay. So I have a two part question to this one. How long have you been running Emma? When would you say was like your first year of getting really into running? How old were you? I think we're not exactly sure. We're thinking it was around fourth grade, but I got serious about it in like probably like eighth grade. Okay. So out of all those years from when you, you know, were having fun running around in fourth grade to where you are now, what would you say is your favorite track memory and why? Hmm. Are we, let's see. I think at chance nationals for cross country last year, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my favorite memory of like all time. I was mid race around the two mile mark and Emma Coburn and the rest of her team boss teammates, so like Danny Jones, Corey McGee, Katie Rainsberger, they, um, I'm a huge fan of them, so I was talking to them a lot before the race, mm-hmm. and I guess they remembered me, and they started screaming my name during <laughs> the race. That is so awesome! <laughs> and I actually started crying mid-race. Oh, that's so <laughs> it precious! Was like, it was a joy. And I, I mean, that's, that's an unforgettable memory. Cause I mean, I never really cried during races, but if I do, I'm assuming it would be for bad reasons. And <laughs> this was definitely a good, I think that's probably my favorite memory. I love that. That That is also the, the beauty of, of cross country and track and field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such, uh, you know, a tight knit group of people in mm-hmm. community yeah. that you can go from the pros um, all down to the youth level, high school level, and you can connect. Yes, absolutely. You're not going to see that in many other things, but right. that's that's awesome. Uh, I also want to switch tangents and talk about the, and, and I know he's going to love this, but the Big Ice Track Club, Emma. <laughs> our our yep. favorite uh, West Virginian, Braden Marshall, is a, I, I believe you founded the Big Ice Track, member, uh, track Club. You are a member, uh, possibly the first female member of the club. It, Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in Big Eyes? Oh, yeah. So um, last year at Champs Nationals, we were the South and Northeast team shared a bus. And so he started interviewing people for the Big Eyes Instagram. And it kind of became a little rivalry 
uh, between the girls and the boys on the Northeast and South team because the girls formed the small fire track club. <laughs> and then all the boys were a part of the big ice track club. And so that kind of just snowballed from there. And then, you know, as the small fire track club kind of fizzled out throughout the rest of the year, um, I became a big ice girly. <laughs> and I'm really good friends with Braden too. So it's fun to like see him at meets and do a little big ice bit for him. Love it. What does it stand for? I mean, it stands for, you know, joy in the sport, motivation, determination, all the all the good things that come with track and field and definitely friendships. What are, what are requirements? Can we join? We join big ice. I mean, I'm sure you'd be able to join as long as you, <laughs> as long as you enjoy running and okay. you're really okay. dedicated to the craft. Okay. I think, I think you could join. Hey, okay. we're big track fans here, so yeah, well. we might need to look into this, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Emma. Before you head off to Colorado, I know we were just briefly talking off air. We're super excited for you. You're going to be studying communications, kind of doing what like Corey and I do, which is great. But before you do that, what are some of those big goals that you're striving for for the remainder of this 2024 season that you have? I really just want to enjoy my last couple months of high school. I love my team so much, and I'm really going to miss them when I leave for Colorado. So. I'm just going to enjoy these last couple months with them and my last couple months with my coach training with him and we run every day together. So enjoying those runs and then, you know, the state championships for indoor and outdoor track. I want to get the most out of that as I can. And, um, you know, all these national meets and out of state meets when I get to see all my other friends that don't live in New Jersey, I'm just excited for those and to be able to have as much fun with them as I can before going off to college. I like that. Now, I feel like it's not a podcast episode if I don't ask this question. So Ashley asked this to all of our guests. Mm -hmm. Cross country, <laughs> indoor, or outdoor track, which season is your favorite and why? Oh my gosh. I really, I don't know. Because I feel like it depends on which season I'm in. Like if I I'm in like cross country. Says that. <laughs> yeah, I know because... I feel like it's, a, it's like a mindset that you get in, mm -hmm. but like during cross country, I love the hills. I love running for 3.1 miles and I just, I love all the different parks we go to and I just really enjoy all that. But then the second it turns to indoor track, the thought of running over two miles is like disgusting. To me. <laughs> I hear you on that. That's a lot of laps indoors so too. It depends on the season. Okay. Fair. Hashtag make cross country an Olympic sport is all I'm saying. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for I it. would agree with that. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to speak to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, and we wish you the best of luck uh, this indoor season. Okay. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much. It all was right. so nice talking with you guys. You as well. All right. Take care. Uh, bye bye. So that was an awesome interview with Emma Zawatsky of Freehold Freehold Township. We'll clip that out later on our site, milesplit.com. So visit it later. We're going to move on to the next topic. The, the week that was, mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to stay at Boston University uh, where Emma ran. Professionals, collegians, and even high schoolers were in Boston this weekend looking to throw down some really fast times. Uh, Olivia, what did we see there and what impact did it have on the track and field season as a whole? 
Well, there were definitely some fast times that came out of BU, and one of the first names that comes into mind is Tam Gavanis from Phillips Academy and over from Massachusetts. And this is a gentleman who was the is the reigning third place finisher from Foot Locker Nationals, ran a career best of eight fourteen in that three k. And that equals currently U.S. number three at this distance. But when you think of just the history and moving forward, he he needs to have his head held high because he put together the number two indoor time in Massachusetts history. And he became the third athlete this season to clock sub 815. And only 27 high school boys of all time have achieved that mark. So we're seeing this record book being rewritten. And I think it's just great. So here you go. Tam just did the... Got the job done. Can I add a small little nugget of information about Tam? Please, yes. All right. So we keep track of age group world records. Yeah. Often when they happen. Tamrat Gavinas, at five years old, holds two world age group five records. Five years old. Five years old. Wow. 800 meter run, 254.8 uh, for him at five. And at 1,500 meters, he ran 546.6. This was back in 2013. Uh, wow. So what? That puts him at basically he's, he's 16, 15 or 16 right now. Um, that's crazy to, that is to think that he has five-year-old world age group record. That's incredible. And now he's coming off Foot Locker podium finish. I think he was third yeah, at the third. national race. Man, he's killing it this he's year. He's killing it. Just, you know, just carry that same energy from the cross-country course to the indoor track as well. And I know we had a chance to talk with Emma, but just to kind of highlight even more of what she did, 445 the mile, which is number three in state indoor history, and that's the fastest high school time in the country thus far this season. She also finished ninth, like I mentioned, 34th in the field out of 207 runners, and it was filled with mostly college and professional runners. And I know we're seeing a lot of high school kids kind of really elevate themselves and step outside their comfort zones. And, you know, she told us, I I just kind of blocked it all out, just kind of sticking with that pack as close as I can. And here you are, U.S. number one in the event. So Emma just did a fantastic job this weekend as well. Boston's become a magical place. Boston University in particular. Yeah. Everyone knows the the benefits of that track the merits of that track you go there as a distance runner and you can come up with huge prs great performances right i think that's one reason why we're not seeing just the upper level professionals run there in collegians but it is high schoolers yeah. and, and even on down um that's awesome to see and it wasn't just distance races max jordan of noble high school in maine i think we have a video of him that we would play he ran the 800 meters in boston 153.04 um, shout out to John Davern who shot this at Boston this weekend. Um, my guy, Maddox Jordan from Maine, from Maine, US number three in the 800 there at Boston. I mean, you go there and you know, you're going to put down yeah. something special that just speaks to it a lot. He wasn't the only one, uh, at the 500 meter distance. We had Nathaniel Vigo Catala of New England track club. Uh, he ran the 500, and we have him up on the screen again. That's Vigo, 102.47 in the 500. Uh, that's incredible um, that he comes into the, that situation, that environment, is able to run with some of the best guys around him. And he won. He won the 500 <laughs> as a high schooler. Uh, New England elite, as we said, awesome stuff. Ben Markham, as, as an aside, 103.62. He's from uh, Decatur, Georgia. He mm-hmm. finished third in the 500. So it's not just the distance races. Right. 
It's the sprints. It is. I mean, I, we're going to continue to see this, I think, through, through over the next years and as the years go by. I mean, Boston's going to be a place that people go. Exactly. All right. Moving on to two athletes, maybe three, that opened up this past week. And they were major athletes. Ryan Pajak and Jonathan Sims. They are back. They're mm -hmm. reigning footlocker runner-up and the Texas State champion and world age group record holder for the 400 returned to the track this weekend in Ohio and Oklahoma. Olivia, how did they do? They did amazing. They were showstoppers this past weekend. Let's talk about Ryan Pajak first. At the Spiro Ohio preview meet, he set two personal bests, doubled back in the 800 and the 1600 meters. He went 155 in that 800. But what really stood out was that 1600 meter yeah. mark where he went U.S. number eight in the event with a 413. And that last bell lap, absolutely insane just kind of pulled himself away from the group and just like sprinted I want to know what that last split was but that last lap the bell lap was everything and he just put it all together when it counted so yeah. just moving on up in the rankings but I know you and I we're on the same page yep. with our guy Jonathan Sims yep. he's back he's back Allen High School under the, I, I still feel like not many people understand him. I 100% agree with or you. Or who know who he is. 100%. And I feel like people, like they might know of Jonathan Sims, but I don't think they truly know how special yeah. this kid is. And you know, I I think it's partially, it's because he doesn't... Do indoor as well, much? Yeah, he did Arkansas you know, for the first time last year. Yeah. But being a Texan, yeah, he's not going to go to those Northeastern meets like the VA Showcase right. or, or, or the East Coast Championship or the o Ocean Breeze. Quincy does. Quincy I think does, yeah. Quincy kind of builds this en masse following because he's been to these places. Jonathan comes in the outdoor season and crushes it. Right. And, and it's, it's Texas, so people overlook it almost because they know we're going to talk about Texas. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I just... This kid is insane. I know we had a chance to kind of see him a couple, was it last last week? Yep, yep. Saw him for a workout. This kid is ready to go. And I want to take us back to the AU Junior Olympic Games, which is where this photo was taken in from. 400 meters, 45-12. Broke Obi Moore's age group world record for the 16-year-old boys. It was previously 45-14 from 1995. Mm -hmm. 800 meters, went 151-69. Then we saw him in the 4 by 4 and this guy put out a 44-36 split for the anchor leg to move his relay from last to third. At that moment, Ashley and I had a chance to just, like, just be able to understand what we just witnessed. And we're both like, he's going to be an Olympic gold medalist right. one day. And just fast forward to this weekend at the Oklahoma High School Indoor Meet. He posted a new meet record of 47-60, which currently ties for U.S. number four. Now, I did a deep dive into the top four other gentlemen that are in front of him. All of them essentially have had multiple races underneath their belts before they went and they dropped the fastest time. So I look at Hudson uh, Elaine, who went 47-17 on an oversized track in Vanderbilt, and everyone at least has two races underneath their belt and mm -hmm. have posted that 47-second uh, 400 meters. This guy, Jonathan Sims, season opener, mm -hmm. is already in the top four in the country, which I think is super spectacular. And then you just look at that as well. He doubled in the 60, which I think just shows the kind of talent that he is Went 681 and he's just outside the top 10 with a U.S. number 11 performance there. So yeah. I think Jonathan Sims is the real deal. Yeah. He ran that in Oklahoma, yes. which has a 200 meter flat track. Correct. Which when we think about 
the uh, knees are buckling. I can right. tell you that right it's now. Very, very tight, tight turns. Yes. You know, get him on a bank when he's had a few races underneath his belt. Yeah. And I think we see something special. He did run at Arkansas last year, but that was his first in a race of his entire career. Yeah. Um, I think he will be ready in March. I do. I, we have spoken to him, and I know he's going to Nike Cro- or Nike Indoor Nationals. I was like, Nike compete, Cross? What it, is to compete in the 400. <laughs> so um, 47.6, I believe he will improve on that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't think anybody should get ahead of themselves right. when we talk about Jonathan Sims because he is still just 16 years old, um, and he is improving. And, you know, it's – I think – Putting expectations on kids, there's some toggle with that. Like, Quincy Wilson deals really well with it. He does it so well. I think someone like John also would deal well with it because he's humble and he understands yeah. um, what comes along with success. Um, but, again, it's it's tough. Uh, I will say the national indoor record in the 400, do you know what it is? We've talked about it multiple times, but it's not it's not there right now. 45.92, okay. I believe. LZ Coleman uh it's nearly untouchable that's one of the records that might stand for a very long time because Mm -hmm. it really does require everything to to fit into place to make that happen so we will see in march if we potentially get it from quincy yeah or jonathan yeah or or city nye from from georgia and and maybe even Jaden horton mims who's who's been really good this year so but um those guys started one more guy to put on your radar Clay Shively. Our guy, Clay uh, Shively. Wichita, Trinity in, in Kansas. Guy. He opened his uh, senior indoor season January 21st at, 21st at a very small meet in Missouri. 903 for 3,200 meters. Um, a very quality start for him. And I, th- I think people forget about Clay Shively. You know, he, did, he didn't run the national meet at NXN. Yeah. And I think that raised a huge question mark on just where he was going to be when he returned. Why? I feel because it was I'm assuming it was an injury. So you just never know how athletes come back from that. Yeah, I think it depends the on way how serious I, the it way is. I look at it, unless it was a very serious injury. I think young athletes do bounce back yes. pretty well, yeah. pretty often. And this is Clay Shively we're talking about. <laughs> he ran 404 last year indoors. That was faster than Jim Ryan ran in 1965. He held the record for 58 years. So he broke a 58 year record in the mile last year. That should say what needs to be said already. And then he went on to run 401 outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, 850 for 3,200 meters. He was a stud next seat. He did, he's done everything right. Uh, now he's headed to NAU next fall. So I just don't want us to forget about Clay Shively because I do 100% believe that this man in March or, or June, whenever he decides to run at his peak form, mm-hmm. he will do something special. Oh, I agree. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. This weekend will mark the arrival of the state indoor championship season from meets in Delaware to Alabama to Arkansas. What are our top draws? Oh, you said Delaware, and you already knew where I was going with this. I'm excited for the Tattanall girls, and I just think about where we just saw them kind of rise a lot during the cross-country season. We saw them win Manhattan Cross-Country Invitational. You were there on the ground, and it was just like Mm -hmm. pouring down rain. Then you fast forward a little bit more, and they're competing at states, and they finished one through four, and then their fifth runner finished seventh, claimed the title with 17 points. But when I just think about the leaders on this thing, I think of Abby Downen, and she's going to be running the 800 
1600, the 1600, and will be a part of that four by four. She's gone 213 at the beginning of this month. She's gone 457 in the 1600 meters from the VA showcase, which is the fastest time in the state. And then on top of that, you have your teammate, Katie Payne, who's going to be tripling, um, not including the relay, the four by four that she'll be on, but she'll be in the 800, the 1600 and the 32. And she's the defending 1600 meter champion and was the runner up last year in the 32. For some reason, this team like reminds me of Flower Mount of mm-hmm. just being so dominant. And I'm curious to see if they have that opportunity to win, you know, the claim the state title with just their solid mid distance and distance runners. It's Delaware. Yes, Delaware. <laughs> so you know? I would say yes to that. Yeah. I would say 100% yes to that. Yeah. Um, maybe at the national level, I would I, I would argue that they do have a chance to podium at the very least in some of these relays too. Yeah. You want to know a small aside here on the Delaware Indoor State Championships too? I would love that, to hear it. That is kind of a drawback. They Years ago, they were looking for a solution because Delaware doesn't have an indoor facility. Right. So they compete in Maryland. They compete at Prince the, George's the Sports PG and Learning. Sports yeah, yeah. Again, another flat 200-meter track. Obviously. But Delaware needs a solution, I think, closer to home to uh-huh. have. If you have an indoor state championship, you should be able to have it in your own state. I agree. That's what I'm I'm. I'm, I'm all saying. for that. Yeah. I'm all for it. But they still need a solution, and I don't know if that's been you know successfully answered yet. But, right. Um, De- Delaware, one of the first ones to get off the board here in the indoor state championships, and then they'll have a little bit of time to train mm-hmm. for, for nationals. Right. Alabama on the other side, they've been ripping it since December at the Crossplex <laughs> in they Birmingham. Have. And this year has featured some really steady performers, national class athletes. Just this last weekend, um, three number ones. Ethan Edgeworth in the 1600 meters, Max Armstrong in the 800, Luke Stradley in the long jump on the boys' side. I think the state championships are going to offer a little bit more of that, but I, I want to concentrate on the on the girls' side because Hoover High School is a school I think that will elevate there. I mean, they 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 are a powerhouse in track and field every single year. Mm-hmm. They have a girl by the name of Daisy Luna who is currently the number one performer at 400 meters from from Hoover. Her teammate won last year. She comes up, might be able to get her own state championship this year. 55-9-7 is her PR. She'll also run the 4x4, four four, and I just think she's, she's the kind of athlete I think that can really excel at, the, at that level. Yeah. All right, let's go to the national record watch. Oh, <laughs> buddy. I got excited for this one. Previous shows, we've talked about the boys 1K and the 4x8. Uh that's another story. The 4 by 8 did not come together. Bullis, but shout out to you. You guys are good. Um, let's move it over to the girls and talk about the sprint medley relay. Current U.S. number one time, 40357, owned by Motor City Track Club. The national record is 352.68, last accomplished by Rush Henrietta Sperry of New York. They had Sammy Watson on that team. Oh, okay, cool. Do you think it's possible to break that record this year? 352. 352. Sir. 352 <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. I think you broke it down even more of like what what do the athletes have to run essentially to get this? Well, I, I think first two legs, you got to go 48. You need to go 54 for the 400, and then you need a 210 on the back end. Okay. Which, like, very hard to do. That's so hard. And, yeah. and I think when we ask this question, I this is why I love the SMR and the DMR because it – forces the program to stretch even more four by two you just get four four sprinters to run it four by four you know right so on and so forth but here for the smr you need to have two 200 meter runners 
a quarter miler and you need an 800 meter runner. So you need to be able to showcase that your program is able to have that versatility to be able to accomplish that. I, I, I'm just thinking about like the Bullis school and how they broke the, the SMR record at the A showcase. Honestly, Colin Abrams was that key person on that relay because up until this year, right. I don't think they had an 800-meter runner like Colin who can drop a 153. So it helped because you had Quincy and they had their two other legs. You just need to find two sprinters that can hold their weight. Quincy does his thing. Colin had to bring it home. So you need to be able to do that on the girls' side. And I think programs like Oak Park, Western Branch, the Bullet School, Union Catholic, they can potentially thrive in this area. But again, you have to be able to have yeah. that depth. I don't know if that I don't know you if three fifty two is gonna drop. I don't okay. think it's there. Okay. And you know I'm the positive one. Yeah. This is just a huge record to take down. It is. And it's hard. It it's really is. So I, hard. I agree with you with you know, you don't have to just have depth, but you have to have depth across the board. Across the board, yeah, that's as exactly you, what as, I mean. As you yeah, said, yeah. as you said, and it you know, you just can't have that uh very easily. You might be really strong in a couple areas and then you might be missing that last piece. Yeah. Western branch is a team that stands out to me often that has a really strong first two, three legs. And then they lack the fourth um, union Catholic might have, you know, four, eight, they yes. might, might, they might lack one of the two hundred. One of the twos. But if that, if that first 200 runs 26 or 28 and, and the next one runs 25, 26, you're out. Yeah. Cause it takes precision. But I do think when we when we look at those schools that are in the mix every year on the girls' side, it's always Oak Park, Western Branch, Bull School, Union Catholic, and there's a reason for that because right. the, these guys uh, develop their teams really well, right. and they have the the applicability I think to 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 this this relay. So when it comes down to March, I do think it will be really tough. If I had to guess, I will say Oak Park probably has the best shot with uh, Brandon Giles leading the yes. way. He's got a really strong group of girls. Right. Um, and, and they're veterans, too. Yes, like, they yes. know how to compete. We see them every time show up at yeah. nationals. So Kyla King is yes, in Kyla her last King. year, and she has that ability to kind of finish out the leg. So you need somebody like her and then just find the other three pieces. I feel like Roundtree would be in there. Yeah, she is. She is. So, like, yeah. okay, so now it's just trying to find the other – and. Yeah, and just putting people where they're strongest yeah. in those positions to thrive too. Yeah, we'll see. So I think Oak Park has the better. Right shot. now, we both say no, though. I say no as of okay. right now, but no. that could change. Ask me next month, and <laughs> we'll see if my answer changed or not. <laughs> All right, last segment before we leave. It is our national meet of the week. It's uh, a big week in track and field, but one of the biggest meets is in New York at Staten Island. It's the Ocean Breeze Invitational. Over four thousand athletes are set to descend at the facility. Who should we be watching in particular when it comes to Ocean Breeze this weekend? All right. So for me, I have three athletes that I think we need to keep our eyes out for. And two of them go to the same uh, school, Hunter College Campus Schools in New York. You have Henry Kiyoki, Sierra. And I think you need to watch out for him in this two-mile. He currently leads the state in the 3,200 meters and the two-mile. And he set a lifetime best this season in his season opener with a 914. And that was in December. So just imagine how much he's grown since he ran in December, so I can see that time definitely improving. His teammate, Ella Cohen, number two in the state right now in the 3K with a 9.57. Her and Emily Bush are the only two girls that have dipped under that 10-minute mark in this event so far this season, so I can see her trying to push that margin even more. She's in that two-mile and also on that 4 by 8 And then, of course, this this 
Samantha Waltz, I think is incredible from St. Joseph by the sea. And she's one of the top sprinters from the state of New York. She's gone 24 93 in her season opener at the Armory Hispanic Games this year. 39.82 in that 300 meters, which is currently number four in the state. And this weekend, she's competing in that 200 meters in that long jump. So I know she has that strength. She's probably wanting to improve on that 24-second mark in that 200, and she's just going to be flying in the sand in the sand pit. So I remember seeing both those first two, Koika, uh, Syria, and Cohen at Manhattan this year. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really know much about them. Yeah. But so I feel like they're up and coming. Yeah. I, I believe Hunter College is in, in, in that Manhattan area. So yeah. It's like a city school. Yeah, it is. So it's kind of tough, I think, to, to have really great athletes from city schools, but those two are really killing it. Mm-hmm. Our guy, Jaden Horton Mims. He's officially joined that squad as he's, one of those guys. He joined the squad? Yes, he's he joined, joined the, squad. the squad for me. Okay, okay. He's around the 200, seated at 2144 uh, there from Imatep Charter in Philadelphia. What hasn't he done this year? He hasn't not done anything. Uh, he's th- amazing. Yeah, he's already beaten Quincy Wilson uh, recently in the 300. He went under 33 seconds there. He's run 400, 200, pretty much everything. He is the breakout star right now in high school track and field. And I'm sure a bunch of people are trying to talk to him. Like, he's improved so much. Like, yeah. I, I have his mile split profile open. Last year, he went 49.01. Wait, that was outdoor. Hang on. Indoor. Yeah, same thing. 49. 49- yeah. Wait, 48.66 at the AAU Indoor Nationals Mm -hmm. and then dropped Mm 47.60 like two weeks ago. Prime position. Amazing. High school junior. Yes. Prime position to start talking to colleges. And this is what happens when you're an athlete. You know, when when you go from 49 to 47. Yes. The phone starts ringing. The phone starts ringing. Right? Yes. 32.9. You start talking to the best colleges that you've always dreamed of. Yeah. Not, not, you know, not just the, the college you thought you would attend or right. you would have the opportunity to. Now, now you've got Oregon probably calling you or, or I don't know, Syracuse or somewhere that you really envision like, this is my dream. Right. Uh, so it is kind of special to see that happen for him in, in real time. And then another one i think all of union catholic you know they have a, a big show. arsenal there yeah but peyton hollis of, of uh union catholic the middle distance runner she's going to be running in the 800 209 seated right now next to her teammate Paige shepherd uh olivia c slack and ali delisi the 800 on the girl side is going to be loaded stacked yeah. yes and and hollis and shepherd i i think are a one-two punch yes that i would go up against most teams right now right I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. I think they're in great position. Their teammates, they're just going to be pushing the mark here. Yeah. But definitely one-two punch. Absolutely. And they, 100%, four by eight, national record watch, Union Catholic this year on the girls' side. We'll get to that later, but I, th- I think they're going to go after it. I do. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I, li- I save, like I like that. Save that save conversation yes. for another day. For another episode. Another episode. <laughs> but... This has been fun. This has been great. Yeah, just relaxing here. I love. I'm. I'm feeling the vibes in this room. Yeah. I feel like it's more. It's definitely more live vibes here. Well, that's been uh, latest episode of On the Line. Here we will be back every Tuesday for more shows on indoor track and field, and we'll talk with the best athletes in the country. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next Tuesday.